Hi, and welcome back to Runaway Brain. Once again, this is Ruth, and I am the full-time caregiver for my mother, Kathy. I want to take the time to expand a little bit on the our story as far as where it began with my mother's dementia. When she first came to live with us, there was so much happening at that time. There were appointments to schedule, you know, there were, there were IDs to replace since she had misplaced them or they were stolen. I, I will never really know fully what happened with that, but there were so many items on a checklist that was a mile long and it kind of propelled me forward. Like it kept me going. Like there was, there was, this item was something to be checked off a list. It was a task to handle. It gave my mind something challenging to focus on that wasn't, you know, just the agony of what's wrong with my mom. And so one doctor's appointment led to another doctor's appointment to another doctor's appointment. And then the pandemic was happening and that was just overwhelming. I cannot explain to you fully what, how badly that affected us. I know that it affected everyone, but trying to navigate this kind of world with someone that has dementia is excruciatingly painful. Like whether you believe in wearing a mask or not wearing a mask, you had to wear a mask, you know, handling that type of a task with your loved one with dementia is, it's very difficult because they might put the mask on and then you're in a store and you're like, hey, where's your mask? Like you, you turn around for a, you know, second and now you've got to find the mask and it's usually in her purse. She doesn't remember taking it off, but she took it off. I mean, you didn't do it and nobody just swiped it off her face. So there was a lot to, to handle. And then, you know, I still had my, my job was happening. I hadn't quit my job yet. I held on to the job until the end of June, 2020. I closed out the school year and I just couldn't go any further. It was really a hard time for me and my husband as he was working full time. He still had to travel, go to stores and things of that nature. He wasn't yet working more from home at that time. And it was just very, very, very challenging. And of course my mom (laughs) was overwhelmed by the pandemic situation because you know she's seeing that in the news every day even though she has dementia there's some things that do stick so to say that she has no short-term memory is not 100% accurate there are some things that stick it's just the details get lost so some things she can remember like she knows that there's a virus in the world you know get a shot wear a mask if, if that's you know your choice she knows about that stuff but she doesn't understand what it is or you know, how you get it or what's happening in the world fully. So, you know, trying to handle a job full time and worrying about your loved one at home who is, in the beginning, she was just so, so out of it, I think is the best way to describe it. It wasn't just dementia. Who knows how long she had been going without sleeping. The first week or two when she it, she wasn't awake and agitated, she was just sleeping a lot during the day, more than she does now with her naps and sundowning. She was just exhausted. And then 
the one thing that was making her, not the one thing, I should say, there's two things that make my mother extraordinarily happy, and that is going to church <laughs> and going to a senior swim at the local university. And so right early on in that pandemic, it was like, shut it all down, right? So like churches shut down, the senior swim shut down, and now you're tasked with keeping this person calm and their, their, you know, mental health, you know, up because she gets very depressed and says that she's just going to go take a walk in the woods and die. So you're trying to keep their mentality, you know, upbeat. But everything that they want to do is just not happening. And thankfully, um, you know, church came back. We're, what, a, we're past the year point of everything shutting down, and there's still no senior swim. And she brings that up, like, every day. She wants to go to her senior swim. She, every time she calls her, her good friend from that swimming group, she, like, asks her, have you heard anything? <laughs> and I, I try to tell her, like, I'm looking on the internet, Mom, I, 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 I will let you know. But she always asks her friend. I don't know if she just doesn't trust that I'm researching it or that she thinks her friend will find out first. I don't know. Um, but we, we got those diagnosis, diagnose, her diagnosis, you know, early on in the pandemic. And although she didn't fully believe it, she still doesn't believe it. When her doctor, when we actually not, when she first got the diagnosis, let me back up for a moment. She got it on the phone from her main doctor. And so she was not comprehending that at all, that she wasn't in a doctor's office getting information, you know, presented to her. We went to the neuropsychologist. We actually went to their office for the results of her testing. We had to go to a separate room on a webcam. And my mom is not a technology person. So that just did not uh, track with her. She, she really did not understand. All, but all she kept hearing were words that she was not believing. Dementia, that was just not something she was going to accept at all. Briefly, she took to heart what her main doctor told her when we were actually able to go to his office and review the information. He kind of kept emphasizing how, you know, if you drive, you might have an accident and hurt someone. So at that moment, she was willing to relinquish her ability to drive. She hadn't driven since she had been with us. Uh, we just kept saying, look, we need to go to the doctor first, see what they say. We put it on pause and she wasn't driving. But she felt like it was just on pause. But once the doctor brought it home, he's like, no, you cannot drive. It's not safe. She was very sad and depressed, but she was willing to let us sell the car, which I am her power of attorney. I could have done it anyway. But we were trying to do this in a kind manner and not just take everything from her. And she was satisfied at the time with the, the money that she received. My husband got a great deal uh, to sell her car on the internet. Money went in her account. Fast forward, like, a couple of months later, and you've roller coastered. So now she's angry. We sold her car. She wants to get a new car. 
she needs to, she, when she, ever she gets upset, she wants a new car and she needs to get a new apartment. And how do you really, how do you really deal with that? How do you emphasize to this person that you love that they cannot drive again? That they cannot live alone? Uh, her dementia is, is of such a state that, that it's not a safe thing. It's not safe for her, and it's not safe for anyone else. So uh, your loved one doesn't comprehend that because they don't think that they have dementia. We kind of just are at a place where we just kind of breeze over it. She brings it up, and we just let it kind of roll over our backs, and it seems to work most days because saying, well, you can't drive because you have dementia or, or you can't live alone because you have dementia, that's not going to work. It just isn't because she doesn't believe she has it. So you can't use that technique successfully. It, it just is not possible. Um, I remember my brother, he came down and my sister-in-law when we first brought mom over to live with us and he assist they, they both assisted with starting the process of cleaning out mom's house and he even sat down with her and tried that you know you just can't drive anymore and she agreed with him but then she's like I just need to get another car <laughs> so you know you, the agreements that you make with your loved one that has dementia they don't necessarily stick because either they're just you know, just trying to make you happy in the moment and, and keep it moving, but they're not really agreeing, or they don't remember the agreement at all. Uh, we also had to sell her home, and that she was fine with. It's just a matter of she just needs to find an apartment. She thinks that she can just find a new place, that the problems are all within that home, that there was just evil there, demons and bad people breaking in, you know, none of these things are true. They're a part of the disease, but she thinks that they're true. So she was fine with selling that house because, you know, she it made her sad, but she was just wanting to get away from all that evil stuff. The car thing, though, she just, you know, wants a new car. That more than anything, more than the new apartment, she really wants a new car. Uh, I don't know how other people handle that. I would love to know because we we just cannot, in our good conscience, allow her to drive again, even if she could figure out the technical aspects of a stick shift, which is what she always drove, or drove, could learn an automatic, I can't imagine, because that's new tasks, uh, her old, you know, her long-term memory is a better shot at doing the task. What happens when she can't figure out where she is? That happens to us when we're in parking lots all the time. I know I'm a creature of habit, and I generally will park in the same area over and over. I don't know why I think it's my designated space. I don't know if anybody else does this, but I don't always do that. And she will, by habit, walk towards the area that I normally park in. And I'm like, oh, car's over here. Now, granted, we have clickers these days, right? So you can find your car in the event that even you've forgotten where you've parked. But it's not just about where you parked your car. What happens when you forget where you're going? or you miss your turn. One day she wanted me to go to a particular Walmart and her way of directing me there was, well, just go to the main drag. What's the main drag? 
there's several main roads in this township, you know, what's the main drag? And I drove all over town so that she could find what, what Walmart she wanted to go to. And even once we got to one, it, she wasn't happy because it wasn't the right one. But I'm like, you don't know where you're going. How can you drive? And she has hallucinations. Excuse me, hallucinations. And sometimes she has them when I'm driving. And, and at first that was very startling. I, I've gotten used to it and I just try to keep an awareness about what's going on next to me. But how can you drive if you're having a hallucination? How is that safe? But she just thinks this is normal aging, so she's never going to understand that that's dangerous. Uh, to get back to the selling of her house, to sell the house, we had to clear out the house. And that was an absolutely just like a mountain to climb. Um, that was an absolute mountain to climb. My brother and sister-in-law came early on and, and they got that process started. But even though they started and did a lot, it was like just chipping away a little bit in a big mountain. So you're like, okay, we, we did a lot, but wow, there are piles and piles of things everywhere. And she didn't want to let go of anything or get a storage unit. So a lot of this ended up in my house with me, me and my husband. And there's still stacks and stacks of her things and totes in the house, but we were able to get the house cleared out. We did have to get professionals there towards the end and sell it. But now, what do you do with all that stuff? And there's no way for her to understand that she doesn't need um, this stuff. Part of that's a hoarder issue because emotional attachment is attached to everything that she has, but also she it goes back to the problem with the car and the apartment, right? She thinks that there's going to be a season where she moves into her own place again. Because in the days where she has her uh, time set like correct in her brain, she has her correct age. She's like, I'm only 74. You know, I have a whole lot of years left ahead of me. That's possibly true, but they just can't be alone. Uh, and to get onto the age thing for a moment, my mother is 74 and I am 44. Neither of us are experiencing a life that we thought that we would that we would experience at this stage in our lives. You know, in my 40s, I did not expect to be a caregiver. I was hoping for, you know, never, but not at this age. When my mother was a caregiver for my grandmother, she was in her late 60s, mid to late 60s, and, you know, retired. I had to quit a full-time job with benefits to care for her because doing both was not an option. And even if the pandemic had not occurred and we were looking at a safety issue, she was super combative. So, like, we still haven't resolved the issue of how to bring in a part-time caregiver. So right away, we knew that I was going to be the caregiver to start off with, not realizing how difficult it would be to transition somebody else into the mix. Um, you know, I, I can remember trying to keep that job going and doing conference calls and mom having a meltdown because she can't find her spoon because she has her spoon her particular favorite spoon and so everything has to stop or, or else you're just gonna have this person ripping everything apart looking for the item and it's a lot of times right in a very visible 
place. So, you know, she, another thing we struggle with is her not realizing she cannot be alone. An incident that happened recently was with our dog and my mom. My mom was out on the porch having a snack. Perfectly fine. She, she's not in an agitated state. You don't really have to hover over her. You just kind of have to have an awareness of where she is. And we were having someone come over to power wash the house. And they were on time. Good for them. <laughs> you know, really great. And mom opens the door. You know, wide open. And she's like, someone's here for you. And the dog immediately jumps up to run towards the door and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs close the door close the door I'm yelling this over and over and she just stares at me dumbfounded not understanding you know why am I screaming and the dog shoots out the door and thankfully does not you know bite or get aggressive with this power washer gentleman and he was a little startled and thrown off but he was real kind about it. And I just think to myself, I'm like, how can you not understand that it's not okay for the, you know, the dog to come out here? I don't know how she's going to interact with this individual that she's never met. She, If she had bitten him, that would have been really, really horrific. Didn't happen. But, you know, that happens all the time when she opens the door. She doesn't close it all the way when she checks the mail. And Bella can easily get out. And it's just, it's things like that that she just doesn't comprehend how serious that they are. And that's just, you know, one thing that happened recently. But there are other things that have happened. And it's just, it's a concern. I mean, you just can't leave the person alone. However, she does spend some time in the house, in separate sections of the house by herself. We are not on the same sleep schedule. I don't know if that's ever going to be humanly possible. We would have to have an alarm put on her door to alert me as to what time to get up because usually it's probably around 2 or 3 a.m. that she starts her day, but some days she starts her day at 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night. You know, it's not like it's going to always be the same time, and it's, it's a crazy time, and then how do you function through the rest of your day if you try to match time with that other person? Uh, we do have a, a house alarm, so if she wanders out to do something wild like she has done, uh, once she woke us up at 4 a.m. with the alarm going off to, because she was going to check the mail at 4 a.m. <laughs> and she does have what I call her dementia clock in the living room that tells you this is what time of the day it is, it's whether it's morning, afternoon, or evening, and it tells you the exact time and the date and the day. So all that information is there, but still sometimes it doesn't process. And she'll do something like that, like go out to check the mail at 4 a.m. Also not a safe thing to do. <laughs> but luckily that does not happen very often. I think that's happened twice. But even if you do match your time with their time. So let's say you decide to be the person that they get up at 11 p.m. I start my day at 11 p.m. At some point, you still have to use the restroom. At some point, you have to, I have to take the dog in the backyard to, you know, take her outside and go to, go to the restroom. You can't be on top of them every second. So what do you do to, to keep them safe, to keep, keep everything on track, and also to keep her from hiding things? 
you know, she hides things every day. Um, sometimes she doesn't even realize she's doing it, I don't think. Other times she does, but I think she forgets that she hides them. Uh, we still, a year plus later into this process, have a problem with her hiding food. And then, of course, we find rotten food. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really know, like, how do I keep this from happening? I just, you can't be on top of the person 24-7. I guess you just have to take a deep breath and accept the fact that there's rotten food in various parts of your home. Anyway, <laughs> trying to keep a positive attitude, trying to do breathing exercises. I know I need to pray more. Uh, I'm always looking for, you know, new ideas to deal with the stress, so if anyone has them, just shoot them to me. Um, I did do uh, a caregiver's class um, and a support group. All these things help but the one thing that would help the most is just having you know, more people come in so that we can have some time that's just our time. When I say our time, me and my husband, um, or you know, just me, you know, it, it really is critical to, in order to keep moving forward to recharge the batteries. But uh, that's all I have for today. Uh, thank you so much for joining. I hope that you take care, I hope that you take care of yourself and have a, a great week. Once again, this is Ruth with Runaway Brain. Thank you for listening.